0: Sharks in the pool, that is not cool I need the tools, take me to school Feet first end of this league Me first, that cannot be Under the underdog, Monica G Feeling a whole lot better suddenly I get in, win winning, winning again You one to two in the bag and I'm going for three That is the beat, down God of the best so I keep, now Y'all treading water for weeks, now nah, Now I'm the shark so I eat, now nah, Look, I am not sorry Understood the pump from which I started and never get these drafts with So thanks for the invite to party, yeah. Dynasty underdog bite down, up at a day in the night now. Easiest flying a kite now. Come take a look at it right now. Dynasty underdog bite down, up at a day in the night now. Easiest flying a kite now. Come take a look
1: at it right now. Everyone, welcome to episode 28 of Dynasty Underdog Podcast. I'm your host, Jerai Dawkins. Join with me as always are the boys from any given pod. Billy Beeman and Josh Goldberg. How are you guys doing?
2: Great. Good man how are you?
1: Really good. How was your guys' Super Bowl weekend?
2: Not bad can't really complain. Got got a game and some exciting commercials and a good halftime show so. <laughs> I
0: feel like I didn't even notice the commercials this year but um it was <laughs> well, good.
2: I feel like I pre-watched so many of them that I
0: was like okay I already saw this shit yeah exactly no it was good i actually told josh like i enjoyed it a lot more um than i feel like most people did because i know it was a blowout
1: yeah i i mean i I watched pretty much every minute of it Mm -hmm. i enjoyed the halftime show i actually watched the halftime show people were like trashing on it too like
2: it was one of the better ones i think
1: yeah i don't know what it was
2: i i was telling billy earlier i'm not a big fan of the weekend but i thought he put on a great halftime show
1: yeah and you know essentially did it by himself he didn't have to have like You know, you couldn't have the stage at the 50 yard line with all the dancers and pyrotechnics and shit that they usually do. Like, I don't know. People are hating on it, but I enjoyed it. I still thought like the background they used, whatever, it looked really cool. I I said it to
0: to my fiance. I was like, what, what is this that they did? It doesn't even look like they're near a stadium or anything. It's just really cool. So um, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. But yeah, the game was, uh, was definitely not what anybody expected. I assume, um, completely one-sided for Tampa Bay, but I I guess we just didn't really uh, factor in enough the injuries all around to Patrick Mahomes to the offensive line and just all kind of Coleman. It it accumulated and just too much for them to handle, I think.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Like, you know, I'm on record saying I thought he was going to have a difficult time. Um, I didn't, I didn't expect that, you know, (laughs) and I mean, he's, and he's so good at like improvising and he's a hell of a quarterback. I think anybody putting the blame on Mahomes for the losses it's ridiculous but um you know it, it was a, it was a good game like i know people were like it was a blowout is boring but like i enjoyed like every minute of it i don't know i just really did and- yeah
0: well i wonder what that is why why i enjoyed it so much i feel like because we expected the chiefs to be so good we didn't expect tampa bay to do what they did so it was kind of like entertaining you're like oh shit like the the goat is just beating up on the young guy (laughs) like (laughs) this is cool but uh I mean it's funny I think we I think we found out a lot more about Patrick Mahomes playing poorly than we did about when he plays well because even in a terrible game when he's not doing well he honestly looked incredible to me like he really did as bad as he was he still was was throwing dimes to people they just weren't catching it
1: Yeah. He didn't have a whole lot of time to like really make a, you know, well thought out decision on who he's going to throw to. And he improvised like a son of a bitch and he's hitting dudes in the face. He's hitting them in the hands. They're dropping passes. And I don't know, man, kudos to that guy, man. And what his reports are today. He's getting surgery on his foot. Right.
0: Yeah. So he has a, yeah, he has a torn, like uh, a planter. I I've never heard of this before. Planter fasciitis plate in his foot. It's just like one of them. That's like, Torn or something that was like it was from ian Rappaport, i think so of, either way of course if you got an
2: injury it'd be some weird obscure injury that nobody's ever heard of before it, it's, <laughs> honestly, not plantar it just, fasciitis,
0: it's a planter plate whatever like yeah i mean i'm more i'm it makes me more impressed from, from what he did because every single play he had to run outside the pocket it wasn't like he was standing there all day either so um just brutal uh that that defensive line for tampa was something though man they were eating them alive and you said it last week, your you said Vita Vea. Dude, that guy he and he had an impact. You saw him eating up the run game. You saw daytime. him, you
2: know, all day long he was in there. Well, I mean, when you when you have him and Sue on the line, it's
0: you're up for some disturbance right there. <laughs> Seriously.
1: And even uh, what, JPP? You
0: know, he had himself a game. He had a, he had like a block in the he had a a, a pass block in the game.
2: He it's had all a,
1: he's, like, you know, However many fingers I, he I, has. I, I on saw someone make
0: the
2: joke that Brady has more rings than JPP has fingers. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a great
3: joke.
0: Oh, well, no, dude. Damn, bro.
2: That
3: uh, might
0: is
2: that which true is a lie or? because I think,
0: I think JPP has eight fingers. So eight fingers. <laughs> All right, two. so Brady needs one more. Right, that's why he's coming back. So he has more rings than JPP has fingers. Good lord. Yeah. I gotta give JPP uh-huh. respect though, right? It's pretty cool that he's oh, done yeah. what he's done after blowing his fingers oh, off, like dead ass.
3: Dude, I remember right, people right saying right he, he, he well, wouldn't. I, make I
2: read this entire like expose ESPN did on him a couple years ago, like right after, or, like right after he got resigned or signed to Tampa after the injury. It's crazy the shit he went through that night. Like between the fire, like he put on the fireworks show to benefit the kids in his community. He did it every year. He held the one too long. And then, like, after it happened, he literally jumped in a car and had somebody drive him to the hospital. Like, it's just insane to me. And then they show, like, in the article, like, the injury and his hand and everything. And it's just, hey, the man had massive fucking hands. <laughs> Bad. Bad. But Bad. it's just unbelievable that somebody was able to keep their hand after going through all that. And so that was, like, the one the one thing he told the doctors was, I don't care what you have to do, I need to keep my hand. Like... And he'd be able to use it somehow to, for football. Mm-hmm. Wild,
1: yeah. I think a lot of people thought his his impact, or like, not his career, would be over, but like the impact he'd be making on the field would be, you know, so terrible after that. And you know, maybe he's had some up and down years since it happened, but he had a, a baller year this year and made some big plays in the Super Bowl. So, you oh, know. he's a great. Congrats to that dude.
2: I I don't know if you guys happen to have how his share on the field, but. For I don't I don't think he's an every down lo- back
0: anymore, but lot for the rotational of, yeah.
2: situations he is in, he fucking dominates.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, but what what I will say is I guarantee you, if you didn't know about his story, you wouldn't know that he didn't have fingers. The way he <laughs> plays, the way he plays, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's so yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I enjoyed the Super Bowl, even though most didn't. Yeah. Fun times.
1: The best thing for me was I got the I got the Super Bowl squares from you know at work you know the yeah you well know, about two squares my numbers were five and two and then one and nine i'm like damn i'm not gonna no. win again like this is like nine. 20th year I'm like, no shit <laughs> but one and nine hit third quarter and the final score so yeah came up that's wild dude yeah, that's yeah. really good yeah so, damn, so you got a
0: nice little payout there huh?
1: a little bit yeah pay some of my dues and shit so yeah there you go <laughs> yeah. Don't it all put, goes back. do go look the at fantasy. League
2: Safe if you're ever feeling poor, like, or if you ever <laughs> feel poor, go look at League Safe really quick. <laughs>
1: yeah, the wife wants a refrigerator. I'm like, I don't know. I need a couple startups. So <laughs> I need a few startups. I... <laughs> <laughs> all right, so yeah, I mean, the game was good. So, and you know, again, we have to say this one more time, like in August or uh, July, we didn't even know if we'd have a super Bowl or a full season and we, we got it, man. So I'm just stoked about the whole 2020 season, man. It was awesome. So.
0: Yeah. I'm like really happy to not happy to be in the off season, but just we, this could have been months ago. You know what I mean? To have the full season go through is just super cool. Like, and I think all of us, I don't, I mean, my fantasy leagues weren't affected. I, there's no like asterisk next to any of the champions. In my opinion, they all Everybody played and got uh, through it. I, I mean, I
2: don't know what you're talking about, but any league I have CMC in, that league automatically got an asterisk. So.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I would have
1: won.
0: <laughs> I would have won. Yeah. I would
3: have won it.
1: Yeah. Awesome. All right. So one more. To, there's not a ton of news. One more thing I just threw out here, just because we've talked about on the show before, and we, I think we've mentioned, like, how cool would it be Alex Smith gets comeback player of the year? Like,
2: just out of curiosity, because I actually have no idea. Who else was in the category?
1: i think roethlisberger got a vote yeah
0: roethlisberger probably and i there's somebody else i thought who, who could have been in it but i'm it's slipping my mind i don't know but he we've talked about it all year i mean he deserves it no matter like hands down deserves it the guy was told he would never play again told mm-hmm. he might not have his leg <laughs> like That's what and and he, surgeries or something Yeah. And he's out there running on it. And he took the team to the playoffs, man. Like a team that had a, that had quarterback controversy all year. He steps in there and, and really, you know, put together a pretty good season at the end of the year. So.
2: Alex Smith Smith took home 49 of the 50 votes with big Ben getting the one singular vote. Wow. Yeah. And uh, whoever
1: that one vote for Ben was that dude come and show yourself you coward.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude, seriously. Big Ben paid the reporter up there in Pittsburgh. Like, yo, please vote for me. My guy, I need one. Or, or or he cornered her at a bar, Oh, Oh. Yo, Josh coming with the fire today. I know he's on fire today. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah, no, Alex Smith. I mean, absolutely deserves it. I, I, I think he's probably going to end up starting there next year. Um, unless they do some crazy stuff in the draft but it, it seems like that's kind of the uh what we're headed for and good for him man. he de- he deserves as much time as he can get on the field honestly
2: yeah no i think ron riviera riviera really has a connection with him and i think he's going to give alex with every opportunity i believe he's a free agent but i'm sure he'll resign on a one year team friendly deal with incentives so yeah
1: yeah that'd be
0: awesome for him so um One thing that we did miss on, on any given pod this week when we're recording that I do want to mention, I think it has at least some dynasty impact for sure is where I'm, I'm hearing, I mean, I, I don't know if you've heard, but there's definitely a lot of talk out there about Russell Wilson being unhappy with Seattle and he, that he's taken way too many hits over there. Just like, you know, sack after sack after sack, um, I think there was a little bit of like trade talk coming on. Like, could they trade him and whatnot?
2: Uh, I hey, mean, could they? Of course. But will a team pony up? Yeah. The biggest trade offer we've ever seen in the history of sports. Like, <laughs> we know Houston's out because they don't have any draft capital left. So, true. So, unless they want to send Deshaun Watson over there. Well, even, even with Watson, I think it would take three. Three or four first rounders to get Russell Wilson. It would yeah. take something. It would take some first, probably for sure. But wait, okay. So think, wait, no. Honestly, though, since you brought it up, you think they could get? They you think they'll trade Russell Wilson
0: for Watson and one or two first rounders? I think they definitely would more than that. I think they would do that. I, I don't know. I mean, would Seattle do it? I, probably not. But I don't know. Oh, I mean, oh, that's a pretty Houston good haul. To, Houston would love to do that. I just don't think but, Seattle will give them up for, for anything. I don't know if that's a bad haul though. If you can get a couple first in a and a younger quarterback of a similar makeup like Russell was. I mean, he's not, the, he's not, not as accurate, obviously, not the same player. But um, I don't know. I, I never thought about it until I said it this moment. But I guess really, like, is there any concern about him from a dynasty perspective? Does this change anything for anybody for Wilson? No. no.
2: Like, I mean, personally, I think he's staying put. So <laughs> okay, there's a lot, of, a lot to do about nothing and just offseason chatter.
0: Yeah, I think this is Russell Wilson kind of uh, showing his balls and he's like, yo, like I need help. And also he said he wants um, he wants to have some say in the roster construction, I think he said.
2: Which is completely fair. I feel like when, you have, when you're a player of that statue that's already done what he's done and is still owed over $100 million over the next three years, you should be talking to your, your quarterback about what he wants around him who he thinks he'll gel with. Regardless, actually, I take that back. Regardless of who, how much he's making, I think any GM to sit with the quarterback and go over the roster construction because <clears throat> we don't want a Le'Veon Bell in with the Jets situation again, where nobody really wants him there, but he's going there just for the money.
0: So, okay, I just wanted to bring it up because you know, I know when, when the trade talk comes around, this can kind of tip the scales sometimes for people in dynasty leagues or make people sell, whatever it is. So, I guess. Hold firm on your on your Russell Wilson shares. Don't get scared away by any of this news.
2: Unless no, unless just, you could get a grandfather Hall for him, I mean, if somebody's going to give you a crazy offer, no, then pull the trigger. But regardless, I personally would hold.
1: Yeah, I think uh, and a player like Russell Wilson is kind of landing spot proof at this point, right? So even if he ended up with the well, yeah,
3: well, even I, would, if he I would, ended
1: up with like the Bears. Like it's not terrible. He's still Russell Wilson, right? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I it's, it doesn't affect me one bit. The, the play, we know who the player is. So he's just, he's too good. Yeah. I just think maybe he's just unhappy. You know, he said he's uh, tired of getting hit so much, you know, maybe he should get rid of the ball quicker, but uh, you know, that's, that's another, <laughs> that's another story. You know, that I'm a big firm believer that sacks are a quarterback stat. So.
0: That's funny. You bring this up. We were actually just talking a lot about um. this is great. This is, this works right in for our show. So. We were talking in the DFF chats a lot about um, super flex versus one QB and that it's not a really good fix for uh, for the, I guess, the disparity in one QB of, you know, not having any value for half the QBs. Um, and what what somebody was saying, um, actually, Christopher Bean on Twitter, great follow. He, um, I think it's big stats guy also is, is what his handle is on Twitter or whatever. Um he he was saying basically you just need to fix this the qb scoring you need to do like the sfbx route kind of thing and not that that's a perfect one obviously that's still super flex league so changes things but you know really making it so that interceptions matter more or are um you know more negatively impact the qb position sacks negatively impact the qb position um and really make it so that the good qbs are good and the rest of them are not and you can't just you can't just start qbs all over the place like you can in Superflex. and there's a very very interesting conversation but um kind of lends to what you're saying there uh which is you know he can't really be so mad about it because it's it's a lot on him taking you know taking a lot more time than he needs to be trying to trying to make something happen on plays and not taking what's there and getting rid of it and living living for the next play
1: yeah i think i saw today from uh pro football focus that last year he was credited with four i've seen 14 and 16 It doesn't really matter 14 Mm -hmm. sacks were you know, quote unquote, his fault, which was like tied for second in the league. So,
3: mm. yeah. Love Russell I,
1: Wilson, but if you're going to bitch about something, it's something you could actually fix yourself. So, yeah. Get rid of the damn ball. Yeah.
0: That's a great point, right? I love it. I love it. All right. So, Russell Wilson, stop bitching. He's fine from Dynasty
1: perspective. <laughs> yes. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, I threw this in here. You guys didn't really add anything to it, but oh no, no, no! Anyway, I have
0: so. I have some hits and misses, brother. Right here. <laughs> no, I actually keep a running list throughout the year of my hits and misses that. Add. Oh no! <laughs> I, I write I write a hit and miss article every year, which I'm gonna write in the next couple of weeks here.
1: Sweet. All right, so let's talk some hits and misses. Hits and misses. Um, there's a few that like stood out to me personally. I remember taking DK, uh, 2019, right? 2019 mm-hmm. season. He was following people were like after the combine his three cone, oh he can't move, he's one-dimensional, doesn't run routes, all this other stuff. Well, I watched the tape. I was like, this dude's a monster. And uh so I didn't really fall for that. I ended up I had the 108 in this draft, and I took him at the 108, which was a little bit sooner than a lot of people, you know. I got a little bit of flack for it, let's put it that way. And I, I profited off of it. Like, trust the tape, don't listen to all the outside noise, three cone doesn't doesn't fucking matter doesn't matter guys so uh i love it hey those (laughs) those combine stats don't fucking matter man you know they're in underwear out there fighting against wind like whatever man
0: (laughs) they're in underwear out there fighting against wind that is literally it should be the combines tagline yeah
1: just trust the tape and if you do then you get dk at 108 right so
0: i love that one man that's uh that's definitely a killer hit and everybody was was fading
1: him yeah. I did sell him last year, which I probably shouldn't have, but whatever no, I mean um,
2: going into the season, if you told me I would have d k and lock on the same dynasty roster and i trade Lockade, I would not believe you,
3: yeah yeah, that's
2: what happened this year
1: yeah, absolutely, like that's a good one, that's a good one, Josh, yeah, you're right uh next one, I'm gonna call it a miss i'm I'm still holding hope that it's not quite a miss, but uh Andy Isabella, he's a guy I got him in console wars, I think was my two oh Two or 203, something like that. It was a, maybe a little early, but tape was awesome. Love the guy. Plus, I always like the short, like white, scrappy guys, Cole Beasley's, the Westbrookers, uh-huh. those types of guys, right? So, but his metrics are really phenomenal, right? Uh, 52.2 college dominator. Uh, college target share was 37 point, 36.7, 97th percentile. Breakout age, 19.8. And then if you watch the tape, the guy's a technician running rounds and he got the know. second round draft capital and he's got the second round draft it was late second round but he's still second round so like when you're like when these quote unquote analytics nerds he hits all the marks every single fucking one of them pretty much except for he's 5'9 188 right so my thought is if larry fitzgerald had retired two years ago when he was supposed to maybe andy, andy isabella does hit but so far he hasn't so he is a miss on my point my part such a tough one man because i he's a guy i like too and
0: i drafted and i still am holding out hope too i mean every every chance he gets which there aren't many of them he he really takes full advantage of them i mean he had two touchdowns in a game last year i think uh and it was you know he's seldom used but i think they were trying to get him involved in that game and they did um it's just it's loaded you're going to see fitzgerald come back again with Christian Kirk and uh and DeAndre Hopkins I mean there's no fucking room for him and then and then, I know. And, then the, and then the tight end over there is getting some targets too even uh what's his name uh Dan whatever Arnold. Uh, Dan Arnold yeah. Dan Arnold that we all yeah. that we all love to love but he sucks every <laughs> year so it's like it's like you know Isabella honestly I just I feel for him I wish he would get on a different team I feel like if he went to the Patriots he'd be perfect <laughs> Well, of course you do. <laughs> it's just it, they just know how to use these guys. I'm just saying. Like I don't
2: I don't know. <laughs> so, really quick, just since you're talking about Arizona, um I guess I got to take back my words cuz at the beginning when he first got traded, I said I thought his production was going to go down. I'm looking at his numbers right now and his production actually went up since being traded to Arizona.
0: Who Hopkins? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I a lot a lot of us said that. And you know, this year is a funny year where we where a lot of people I mean, we talked a lot about the guys moving to a new team and how they'd struggle. But look, Tom Brady takes his new team to the Super Bowl. DeAndre Hopkins goes and gets, you know, 100 and whatever, 40 targets again, whatever he got. Like 160. Okay, more than more than than, dude. Everybody was was pegging him for like 120 to go down from his 140, 150 spot. Nope. He's still the same guy. Yeah, he got
2: 150 last year in Houston, one sixty this past. A year in Arizona. Jesus. He went up about 300 yards, added a yard to his uh, receiving average, and got one less touchdown. So, I mean, That's yeah, crazy. his production state steady.
0: And that is why Isabella didn't do anything.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Hard Sammy to do. Nook. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we could talk about it. Yeah. Like DeAndre Hopkins, he was falling down like middle of the second, like in some startups and stuff just because he went to Arizona. Like how foolish are we? <laughs> like the guy's good. Like, I don't, I don't know, man.
0: Yeah. So, sometimes these guys are just like too good where it doesn't matter what yeah. happens. Right. Like it just doesn't you're matter. Wilson, you're Deandre Hopkins or Brady. I mean, yeah, I'm sure we could name a number of these guys. I mean, short of Odell Beckham, who's, you know, just kind of fallen off like when he went to a new team. I mean, there's, there's not that many, even Austin Hooper was doing okay this year, you know, in the new system. Um, I don't know. And, and that's not the perfect example, but this one is like you have the best talent at the position and you're going to fade it. I don't know. Yeah. We should, we should probably get off of that.
1: <laughs> uh, also uh, Diggs, another one. There you yeah. go. Perfect. Another yeah. one
0: yeah. Diggs with the QB and everything, but no, he's uber talented. We knew that going there. And you know, the situation was, was right for him too. We, we just, we really misread it and we, we think we know everything. Sadly, we don't we
1: stop that. We need to stop that. Let's do better, guys. <laughs> Let's do better. <laughs> All right. Uh, last, last one I have is, uh, if anybody's been listening to this since the beginning, you could tell what I did, uh, I don't know, a couple weeks before the season started, and I traded for net, or I traded four for net. I traded Doblin Cook away, four for net, and a first. And, you know. Where does that first lie right now? uh i'll have to look if mfl hasn't rolled over but i think it's going to be like 108 107 something like that
0: i mean so if you got leonard fournette and dk metcalf kind of thing for dalvin cook it's not the worst it's but like worst, yeah. but, it, but it definitely hurts i feel you i mean you yeah, lost I mean, a lot of production getting
2: dk at 108 the rarity like yeah that's I, true I didn't,
1: I didn't think dalvin cook would play a full season i thought he'd miss like five games you know, I thought he was pretty much broken and I was, I was completely wrong. So. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. But I mean,
0: I honestly, when you did it too, we didn't know Fournette and the whole thing was going to go sideways the way it did either. So, but it was, yeah, this, yeah, this is
1: before he was cut.
0: <laughs> yeah. This is before he was cut. So um, there was still hope that he was going to be the guy there, you know? Yeah. Was, so, um, you know, a little, a little fairness to you there, but yeah, this, that was a, that's a brutal one. That's a miss for sure.
2: And I, i'm just throwing this one out there but i took vaughn in the fourth and i think two or three different dynasties so i'm definitely saying those are fuck-ups on my part but again we don't know what'll
1: happen after this season so so wait Keyshawn vaughn in a fourth round rookie draft yeah Oh, that's fine i mean it, it it's a fourth round rookie pick those don't really no sorry sorry, sorry.
0: not
2: not rookie there were startups oh yeah. oh no no. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: well, no I yeah. no, I,
2: I expected him to come to camp and just dominate I thought I didn't know Brady was going to fucking play like Brady I thought he was going to go down there and just suck uh,
0: no okay. I mean I guess yeah. this was probably also before Fournette went over there too so I mean you're thinking that he's going to fight with Rojo and I mean I mean, there's a lot of hype around it for sure but fourth yeah. round is a little, no, a little it, rich it, for Blood.
2: I think I have him. I was able to trade him away I think in two out of my three leagues and I'm holding on to him in the other league so we'll I, feel
0: like, I feel like I feel like it's a lesson for you to not spend a lot of capital on young running backs that like that early in drafts. Cause like it's, I feel like there's like fourth, fifth, six rounds in, in the uh, startups are really, really good place to like stock up on solid wide receivers, like solid, like players that you know, are going to get you um, production. And then you could probably take them on a little bit later than that, but oh, agreed. But I mean, yeah. but again, lo- looking at this
2: uh, upcoming draft, I would take Najee with an early round pick. So I think well,
0: really- Najee and Vaughn are two completely no, different. No, I, I know, I know, but I, you said about running young running backs. Yeah, just- no, 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 I, I'm with you there. But I, yeah. I, yes, I more mean like even like the Antonio Gibsons of the world, right? Where you're high on them, but like, we don't really know. Like Najee Harris is a pretty damn good bet to hit. Like this right. guy is going to be a first round talent most likely. No, I was going
2: to say just, it really depends on the running back. I just got to do more research on him versus what I did on Vaughn.
1: But I'm sure you're not alone. There's a ton of hype for Vaughn oh, yeah. because he's going to, like, when there's a list of, like, okay, these are the top landing spots for a a running back, you know, in the NFL. And you have, like, four or five teams. Like, last year, Tampa Bay was ranked, like, number one, right? It was near the top because everybody knows Rojo sucks.
2: No, I mean, and uh, honestly, I mean, what got me going on the Vaughn thing today was upcoming our, our running back rings we'll talk about. That really
0: made me start thinking about it and be like, fuck. And <laughs> <laughs> when you put him when you put him around all the other players, you're like, ooh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, we're speaking about the the Fournette. I mean, the Fournette, the uh, the Tampa Bay running backs right now. Um, just going back a little bit to Fournette because I think he could be the odd man out there, right? I mean, is he is he going to get signed by Tampa Bay again, or did he did he do enough to get signed by another team? Are we? oh I, I
2: really think it depends on what Tampa wants to do with the dra- in the draft. I think if they draft another running back with, let's say, anywhere in the top five rounds, I think Fournette's moving on to a different team.
0: Yeah, and I think they really could do that. I kind of, I kind of think that's what's going to happen. It might get another running back in there. I, I think Fournette's probably out of there, but I do think he's done enough, especially in the Super Bowl here, to give himself or to get himself another contract, another opportunity in the league. Um, I could see him in, in some kind of like committee. I, I'm just throwing shit out there, like. I don't know, like Seattle, Washington. Uh, I mean, Seattle is more of a long shot, but I think that'd be like you know they want to run the ball a lot, and I don't know if Chris Carson's healthy all year. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Carlos Hyde's probably out of there. He he'd be good with them. So I don't know, something like that. I could see him signing. But what about going back? To, what about going back to Jacksonville? No, nah, they're they're done with Fournette. They don't Just want. No, any but part I mean, of that. knowing that he's not the
2: lead back, like with no. no. expectation him I to don't think. think he, over.
1: He wouldn't I don't think he'd go there. Like yeah. uh it's just ownership bad, everything. Yeah, there's bad blood yeah. there, yeah, yeah. That's
2: true, that's true. Yeah. That's I could true. say who who's the backup uh with New Orleans right now? It, it's Latavius.
0: Uh, Latavius Murray. Yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. see Fournette going down there. For LSU. I don't know
1: why I said it like that.
0: You said notorious.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. Latavius.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Uh, oh my goodness. All right, yeah. So I just wanted to get our thoughts on Fournette. Um, I mean Honestly, dude, I think he might have saved you a little bit of value playing how he did in the Super Bowl. Yes. Might be time to sell Fournette, guys. I would say, Yeah, like, time to trade him. Go yeah. sell him if you can. Yeah. I'm going to try, yes. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, if you can get, like, I mean you want a second for him, but that probably won't happen if if you can get a second and like a just like pick second and the third or something like that, like the James Robinson trade we saw go down today.
1: Oh man, yeah, we got, can't wait to talk about that. Yeah. Something yeah. like
0: that. Um I don't know. But just giving you some ideas. But I would definitely trade him before this episode drops because now everybody knows <laughs> training, So
2: people
1: are like, You don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh what well, I really want to talk about this because we were on our, our console wars chat last night it was it was it was pretty good. They were talking about Odell Beckham Jr. And we saw a trade for uh, Donovan, Donovan Peoples-Jones fetch a second, right? So some guy was like, yeah, what about – because he, he came in he's like, hey, I got like – I don't know, there was like 10 wide receivers. He's like, they're all for sale. Hit me up with some offers. And someone's like, hey, I'll give you a second for OBJ. And he's like, I just sold uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones for a second. What makes you think I would want the same for First you know, off, OBJ, Anybody paying get a second
2: for him is –
1: who, yeah, for, I that, yeah. yeah, I think people? for John people. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I think that's, that's
2: nuts. I haven't, but I got him off the waiver for
0: free. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a when I saw that go through, I was like, wow, like somebody is high on on Jonathan Jones yeah. for real. And like he he had a good rookie season actually. Like he he definitely showed like he can play, but not for. I mean, there's so many guys in the second round of this draft this year that I'd want over him. um But. It was funny. I wanted to say in the chat. I wanted to be like, "Well, we really don't know. I mean, Donovan People Jones might be the next Odell Beckham on that team." <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, no, not at all. Um, yeah. What's funny though is I do think that their value. I mean, the value on OBJ is closer to a second round pick than a first round pick at this point. Oh, for sure. I I would pay a second round pick for him. Yeah. The the, the Donovan. Well, yeah. But the Donovan peoples Jones trade really put like a really put like a I don't know. It's like the weird, Matt
2: Stafford deal. It, it kind of yeah, the market.
0: It put a cloud over like this this like the 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 value of OBJ because it's like now you have this second round pick for Donovan Peoples Jones and it's like, well, I, I, the guy can't take a second round pick for Odell Beckham now, right? Yeah. Like what the hell?
2: But it's um, not a principle you can't take that. Like
1: Yeah, it's like we got three copies of OBJ in that league, uh, and none of them are gonna get moved now. Absolutely not, right? So no. nobody one person thinking. held all three copies of it and we're just stuck. luckily you can't can't do that but yeah
0: (laughs) no you can't you can't i thought you
2: could have all three but you only could play one per week
0: no
1: no all three in a division but only one per team oh yep you can't have three Mahomes, unfortunately but we but i did i pulled up uh, on the trade finder and DLF trade finder just kind of see okay well maybe our league is different because all leagues are different but some of the trades that we came across i'll run through them real quick i think what you'll get is what, what billy was saying earlier that like it's kind of like a second round evaluation is kind of what he's going for, which is kind of insane to me. But we had a CEH and Odell go for Josh Jacobs and Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver's like, you know, nothing, right? I mean, he could be, but we don't know. So basically it's Josh Jacobs and Josh Oliver. Beckham. And Clyde edwards lair. So it's kind of like Odell Beckham's a throw-in as far as Josh Oliver being a throw-in. So then it's like Josh Jacobs for CEH.
0: I mean, that's I love, ins- I, love that's insane. The, I want the OG, OB, OBJ side every time on that. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. Um, another one, this one is actually, I think this is outhouses trade, which is kind of funny. Um, Odo Beckham, DJ Moore, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, and James Robinson.
2: Wait, say that one more, one more time.
1: OBJ and DJ Moore. Okay. For James Robinson, T.Y. Hilton, and Adam Thielen. Oh my God. Give me DJ more
0: side. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck is going on?
1: This is what's, this is what's going on. Like people are, this one is insane right here. Odell Beckham jr. A fourth and a third, you know, whatever for Adam Thielen. I don't like, get it. I don't get it either, man. Um, I mean, I understand that Odell Beckham
0: has had some bad. I mean, I think he's had two of his last three seasons been shit. And, I mean, there's been injuries. There's there's some reasons for it. He's, he was injured this year, obviously. Um, but, I mean, it, it, okay, it's by season for OBJ, first of all. Second of all, I mean, you hold him. You, you can't sell him for that stuff. Like, it's absurd. I would be happy with any of those deals um, on the OBJ side.
1: Yeah, same here. So, there's like a Odo Beckham Jr. in a second, 2022 second for a first this year. I don't know. It just seems like, yeah, people are valuing him, you know, not even like a high, high second, they're valuing him like a mid second value. Third
0: almost. Yeah. I mean, I, that one's kind of closer. The, the second him and a, in a, for, for the first, I mean, sure. Closer, but like, I, you know, you'd still probably take the value on the OBJ side, especially if you're trying to like win. Cause like there's a good chance that he performs pretty well. Now a lot of the chat in there was that he hasn't performed like a wide receiver one in a long time. true. Which is true. So, I mean, are we we overvaluing OBJ because of the name?
1: Yeah, Uh, maybe. I think so. Maybe we are.
2: He was great when he was younger. He's a player, in my opinion, past his prime. And I think people are still valuing him as that sophomore, junior
0: playing for the Giants. I mean, he is 28 years old. He's not, he's not young. Like uh, nobody would call him a young receiver, you know, like, I mean, 28 years old is like where they generally peak. So he he should still be good at this age, but I'm just looking. Uh, okay. So I was wrong about the last three or four, two or three seasons. So 2018 and 19 were decent. I mean, he was over a thousand yards. Touchdowns weren't really there. Um, but I, him on Cleveland is just a bad deal, man. The touchdowns just aren't there. That was a big part of his game, especially when he was younger. He had double-digit touchdowns every year. Now it's – you know, he, he struggles to get to five. Yeah. Um, and if he's still on Cleveland next year, I, I'm i not really excited about it. I don't know about you guys.
2: No, I mean, when you look at him and Landry sat side by side, it's, it's scary, and it's ham- it shows how much he's being hampered. Like, he's not – There is no true number one, in my opinion, in Cleveland. Like, they spread that ball around.
1: And they run a lot. So, so here's the question. Uh, If you're an OBJ owner, obviously looking at the landscape and the community's value of him, I think if you hadn't got rid of him already, like, he's going to be one of those guys that just kind of sits on your roster unless you're able to do a deal where you could add him in as, like, you know, just another piece, right? You're not going to get, like, a – obj for a pick that you're comfortable with or obj for a player that you're probably comfortable with like is he a guy that's just going to die on your roster and and is that okay that's the question i kind of want to ask you guys is it it fine just to have those guys all right you know you invested in them you didn't get out on them when it was high like i guess you know everyone all all the smart people suggest you should do um if he's he's a guy you're gonna have on your roster for the next three four years until he retires is that okay so
2: really quick before I answer that, I just pulled up his value on Dynasty Trade Calculator. And on yeah. DT- DTC, they have these little like icons next to the player. And his is Surgeon's best friend.
0: Huh. That's funny. The yeah. Surgeon's best friend. Um, but
2: um, his valuation was 12 and a half. So... That's,
0: that's, that's very it's low. It's like high. a late first.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's higher than I thought, but... Like You're I always
0: think. higher than you think, Josh.
2: I know. I'm low on I'm low on most players, but <laughs> honestly, I mean,
0: I thought OBJ's value would be about a mid second right now. Mid to high second. So are you okay letting him die on your roster, Josh? Or or are you okay letting any player die on your roster? Or do you think you need to get value, any kind of value?
2: I almost did it in console because you get a value if you let if you have a player longer than four years, I think, four or five years. Oh yeah! If they do that's retire, it. there. So, I mean, is that. I, had Jason <laughs> I had Jason Witten on my roster for three years.
0: Uh, that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Excluding yeah. that, a lot of leagues don't have that. Right,
2: but normally, no. I would not let a player die on my roster. I mean, I'd rather try to get some value for him, even if it's a late fourth or. I I I'd rather get some kind of pick for him than just dropping him or losing him for nothing.
0: Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I. Don't, it's really tough, man. Because, I mean. Are you like, when you were saying this, like, am I okay with letting a player die on my roster in hopes of him coming back? Like, you know what I mean? Or just, no, I'm definitely not okay letting a player die on my roster. Absolutely not. I, I will, if, if I had Odell Beckham right now, and by the end of this year, like, you know, I'm like, oh, this shit ain't turning around. I'm saying somebody give me a second or a third. Like, let's see what we can do here. You know what I mean? And if we can get that done and if not, then give me a third and a player. Like, let me get, let me get something because right. at, at some point, yeah, I mean, the time runs out and then what? You end up dropping them or something? I mean, that's, that's that's not the way to, definitely not the way to do it in Dynasty. I think you're always trying to look forward and build capital and build some kind of value if it's not production.
1: Great answer. Yeah. What about you? So- you let players die? Yeah, so i have a hard time so i you know i go back to we talk about this and i try to i'm trying to like formulate the best way to like you know ball this up and make it easy to understand so just
2: say yes (laughs) that's (laughs) where this is heading
1: yeah so we talk about there's there's (laughs) dynasty value and then there's fantasy value you still got to win right yeah so that's like a player like i've had in console wars for since the start uh, we started up and he's still on my team well actually i didn't trade him (laughs) <laughs> regardless larry fitzgerald right my perfect so,
2: example is out the window <laughs>
1: <laughs> i think i packaged him a couple of weeks ago just, but yeah, so but he was getting points right he yeah. has literally no dynasty value at all but he's scoring you 12 points a week do you let do you keep a guy who has zero dynasty value stay on your roster if he's getting you 12 points a week i say yeah fuck it you know like yeah,
2: actually, it, I, I think it really depends. Sorry for cutting off there. I think it really yeah. depends on how deep your how many a how many people are in your league and how deep your roster is. Because I mean, if you're in a 36 man league, yeah, you can let somebody just chill on your roster because there might not be any. Unfortunately, there might not be really be any other option available.
1: I think most Dynasty rosters are pretty deep, right? Like
0: 25
2: to 30 it, players. It, probably. It,
1: yeah, any given week, you're not going to find a guy who's producing fantasy fantasy points more than larry fitzgerald was in 2020 2019 2018 but you could find a bunch of guys who trade values much higher so there i think there's i think there is an area there where it's like okay you know
0: there definitely is i mean i i don't think the average player at their age or um yeah i guess at their age like larry fitzgerald is going to be producing like that for you
1: that's true but, I mean, he is an outlier
0: but right But I mean, I get your, I get your point. Um, It's just like, I I look at it like, let's take Tom Brady, for example, right? I have him in console wars and I, and he, he definitely has a year left or so. Right. But after that, I mean, he's going to be retired. He's going to be done. Like he ain't scoring 12 points. He ain't scoring five points. He's scoring zero points. And if I don't get something for him, I mean, it's just, it so, is what it so is. I got trading, Tom Brady.
2: So are you trading him this offseason? Are you going to wait? For I've, I've been That's trying. That's a good question. I've been That's trying to question. trade
0: Tom Brady. I'm oh, Absolutely, you try to trade Tom Brady. What are you trying to get I, from I mean, Brady? What are you trying to get for him? I want I want a second for sure, but I want plus that. Like I I know that Brady for the next year, at least in probably two years, he's going to be a top 12 to 15 quarterback in a super flex league. That's valuable, man. I don't care how old he is. So if, you got, if somebody wants those points, then come get him. I'll be happy to let... Tom Brady die on my roster I guess if I'm gonna if if all I'm gonna get is like a you know a third or something I'll I'll let him die I guess but um I'm not happy about that at all yeah no but you see what I'm saying like it's uh, yeah it's not always a Larry Fitzgerald like you're going to end up at zero at some point and like Larry Fitzgerald is a different one where like he like you said he has no dynasty value so yes that's okay to keep on your roster I guess but like 90% of players are going to have some kind of value and what we end up usually doing is just holding them because we don't want to take whatever that value is and we probably should get off that and and like i'm so like i'm saying now actually i'm gonna take my own advice i probably will take a third for tom brady if it ends up going that way um and i know not enough of you in console wars listen to this shit so fuck you
1: (laughs) i got
3: a third
0: (laughs) (laughs) i bet you do but i am holding out no i'm telling you somebody really screwed me in console wars and sold them for a second You might want to check your trade off really quick (laughs) and now and now i can't sell them for a second plus at least uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i'll trade you back your
1: own third round pick for
0: him. yeah thanks bro i appreciate that look at these sweet deals coming through
1: was it the <laughs> I
3: 312
0: <don't>, I, <laughs> no. No, yeah, it's, it's probably me. 315
2: but yeah, there you go there you go because <laughs> yeah you beat you beat me in fucking the playoffs by what points by
0: yeah bro i got in i listen my team was my team was absolutely deserving of that playoff spot all right i won the championship
2: like, that I beat you both team. weeks i played you i mean
0: which was the <laughs> flukiest shit ever i won almost every other game but like three dude and you were two of them like I, I love how we sense. both ended
2: out with eight and four uh eight and four though you won. Oh. you beat me by 600 points
0: oh my god yeah, but, okay 600
2: points is pretty good it's right? a lot i'm not fucking lot. Yeah, You're complaining bad. i'm just saying i thought it was funny yes
1: all right, calm down, you two. No.
0: <laughs> All right, so back to the hits, hits and misses. Let me just yes. Give you, what do you got? What do you got? Let me give you quickly a couple, um, at least at least one or one or two of these. So um, I'm going to start with my misses. I'll give you a couple of them. I'll just fire a few away. I, I because I think they were pretty pretty big. Lev Bell, big miss. I had a re- I had an article out this season about you know dynasty profile, I a whole bunch of shit, thinking that he would bounce back. It was supported by a lot of good numbers too. It's just screwed by Adam Gase. And honestly, I, I guess I just, I misread it. He, that, that year off that all that stuff, it just really affected him a lot more than I thought it would. And he's just not the same guy bottom line. I just, you know, he doesn't run the same. He doesn't none, none of it. Nothing's the same. Man. That's why
2: he signed um, with the chief. So he wouldn't have a big workload, man. Come on.
0: That's right. Right. That's what he said. Uh, and yeah, so I, I was wrong on his dynasty value. He was pretty much useless this year. So uh, sorry about that one. We just talked about this one a little bit ago. Stefan Diggs, big miss for me. Uh, probably a lot of people. And I, There's definitely some out there who, who were big on him, but I'd, I really thought Josh Allen was going to be the death of him, but I was totally wrong. He was an absolute monster, and, uh, and I don't see any signs of that stopping. Um, I think for my hits, I mean there's a couple on here that that I got right I think but the main one I I want to point out was Aaron Rodgers. Um just about everybody was off of Aaron Rodgers and I mean there's there's some stuff like over the past like the previous seasons I think like six seasons or something like that he he's been pretty low in the points per game uh area and he's just not I mean, even though he's been like a top 10 quarterback all those years, again, the points per game, they just weren't there. He wasn't as, you know, as productive as other guys finishing in that area. But, you know, this year, you kind of, I kind of just saw it coming. The value dip was way too low. It was more about how low the value dip was in dynasty leagues than it was about, you know, how well he was going to produce. But you just knew with a healthy Devontae Adams with, you know, a good running game, a new coach, good defense all you know better defense all of it kind of coming around i thought he was gonna have a much better year and he he did he came back and proved it i mean he had he won mvp right like yeah you know one of the best seasons he's had in a long time so um i'm taking my my w on that one
1: i think what you said about value is absolutely the thing It's like if you uh a lot of the like you know if you follow a lot of analytical guys they track like epa and stuff like that and it was a fact aaron Rodgers has been dive bombing for years and he just hasn't been as efficient or as just you know played as good as he had been in the past. And you know, I kind of fell into that. So like I was really off on Aaron Rodgers myself. And you capitalized on that. So yeah, great job, man. Like he was a big part of why you won uh console wars. Yeah,
0: I was about to say I traded for him for that yeah. reason. And it ended up working out. Yeah, it was it was that was a big move for sure. Um one thing to note though for sure, I mean his his touchdown rate was like absolutely through the roof this year and it's just not sustainable. So likely that he comes back down to earth a little bit Um, and he's getting older. So, you know, just, just like we're talking about all these guys, I mean, this could be a good time to get out of Aaron Rodgers Um, coming off an MVP year. People definitely want that production. And if you can find, you know, somebody who wants to give you like Tannehill back and, you know, something like that, if you can swing some kind of for a younger quarterback, like that people aren't super, super high on or whatever, like it's a good, it's a heady move, man, do it for sure. Oh yeah, I never asked you guys. How did your debut League go? Well, uh
3: I, eh, we're okay. Yeah. I
0: mean, like our team is. We need to. We need to like figure it out this year for sure. Our team's pretty much middling, but um, we have like a couple things that like a couple players that we'd like to sell that are difficult to sell right now.
1: Yeah, we have a bunch of running a uh, bunch of quarterbacks, and we've been unable to move them. And uh, to, uh,
0: we have Tua, Drew Locke, and Sam Darnold, who who we'd all we'd like to move probably any of those guys, and it's been a struggle for sure.
1: Yeah. And then our it's running back. You guys are, have
0: had issues moving Tua, to be honest.
1: We well, we've had interest, just we, uh, we
0: missed the boat on the Tua for sure on the Tua trade. We had an offer Tyree kill straight up for Tua, which I I don't hate it right now. Like yeah. that, that would have been nice. Um yeah. But yeah, I mean, we also have Lev Bell in that league. I think we have a couple of things that that aren't great, but we do it. We we have some assets for sure. And we, have our, and assets our,
1: I, we have the one and one, and our
0: and yeah, and our Devi, our Devi, our Devi um, yeah, have... players are good. We have Master Teague, we have Trey Sermon, um, yeah. but both guys I like. I mean, Master Teague going back, I kind of like that because coming out this yeah. year, I don't think he would have gotten the hype. But Trey Sermon, I like a lot. Trey Sermon's
1: getting a lot of yeah. So we kind of nailed that we well, we drafted Master Teague and we found out he had the knee thing, and then so we picked up. Uh, uh, Trey Sermon who was backfilling for him and they both played and so anyways yeah no we're we're figuring it out Debbie's a whole different animal so oh it I,
2: is. I'm trust me this canton to camp or this
0: campus to canton league I'm in I'm it's throwing me for a fucking loop. And one other thing about Debbie leagues that like you, you might not think about going into it, it's like the the managers are much more in tune with values. They're, they're much not smarter and it's not the word, but you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're very, very good dynasty players because these are guys who are not your average dynasty player, just focusing on, you know, the, the, the incoming class or whatever. They are focusing on guys four years, you know, these guys in high school, half the time, some of these yep. guys are looking at, so they really, really know values. They really understand how to play the game. So you're, you're really going up against some of the best. Like it's, it's not easy and we've ran into that
1: <laughs> we're figuring it out though so <laughs> all right so we want to talk about this j Rob trade yes so yeah we have con- to. in console wars one of the guys it wasn't the trade in console wars it was a trade that he made no no, no he thing. just
2: posted he just posted it yeah, it was so he, he traded dot com week he traded a uh,
1: 206 and 306 2021 206 and 306 and he got James Robinson
0: can we put, like, some kind of name to the 206? Like, is there, like – I'm trying to think who would be going in that second round. Like, I just any number of players. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you can give me any any of these guys. Yeah, give me a second.
2: Let's see if I can find uh, – But, a- I mean, I, I ran it through DT – uh Draft Trade Calculator just to see – or Dynasty Trade Calculator just to see. And it was
0: 21.5 on the J-Rob side to 7.5 on the pick side. So – yeah, I mean that's that's about right. I mean, look, he sent the trade through. I think all of us probably on our phones were like, "Whoa!" Like, no, I, mean, I was has... talking
2: a few minutes ago about it, and he said this kid randomly sent it to him while he was sleeping. He woke up and accepted that
0: smashed. Except, mm-hmm. yeah, smash. <laughs> um, sorry, let me see. Uh, I'm looking at like a mock of like the second round. Yeah. So I'm looking at second round. So this is 201, 202, 202, 203. Was it
3: 206? Yeah.
0: Okay. So you're looking at guys like Trey Sermon, Hubbard, Kadarius Toney, Tylen Wallace, uh, uh, Michael Carter. That's the kind of range you're going in there. So... Hey, you never know. I mean, Hubbard could surprise us, but
2: I just, as of right now, without knowing the actual pick, it's, in my opinion, J-Rob. Uh, yeah, yeah, so I'm,
0: we're so. I, I, it's probably fair to bring this up. We were talking about <laughs> talking about J, James Robinson in the DFF chat today, and somebody brought up – they did um, the research on it, and UDFAs who hit 1,000 yards, running backs, 50% of the time do it again. 50% of the time don't. So it's, it's not a great, it's not great. Um, And guys who I think don't do it again ever, like they never, ever, ever are anything. So James Robinson really needs to hit again next year. Him hitting last year was just, you know, completely bonkers. Like that doesn't happen. So, um, and I'm a believer, I think he will hit again. And none of these guys, honestly, that I just mentioned other than Hubbard, obviously, which is a decent, you know, a decent um, prospect really move me much so i you know i think for we, we talk about this all the time would you rather have picks or known value i mean you know i especially with, with these kind of picks a mid-second and you know a mid-third yeah you know, give me james robinson every time
1: yeah i totally agree the the hit rate or the chances that j-rob has a season he has like he was an rb1 right so i think us listening to like dynasty nerds or something and they're talking about how seven out of the 12 will probably fall out or or five out of the 12 will fall out. No, seven out of the 12 will fall out of the first round. Some of the guys that were, you know, RB 13 or worse will move up. You have a couple of rookies in there, whatever the chances of J-Rob even hitting an RB one season again by itself, regardless of draft capital, is not that great to begin with. And then, yeah, I mean, he, yeah, it's just like what you said. He really has to show out again this year. Like, so if you could get out of him, like, I think that's pretty smart, but I'm, I wouldn't do it for 206.
0: Yeah, that's the other thing. I think that I think you could get out of him, but I think you could get way more value back right now for James Robinson. Honestly, uh, there's a lot of talk about Miles Sanders out there, and basically a lot of people. I, I, we were just, um, I think Paul Patterson, who was on our show, he uh, he posted something about like, uh, you know, Dynasty like, um, what was it, Dynasty like him or him kind of thing. Like, pick one of these two guys, and he just listed them, and it was like. It was literally um, Sanders, CEH, or like, no, I think it was Sanders or James Robinson. We had a couple of them in there. Either way, a bunch of people said James Robinson, you know what I mean? And a lot of people, I, so my point is, is, I think you can get like, you can get a Miles Sanders package back or a Miles Sanders back for James Robinson and something minor or something like that. There's a lot more you can get than a fucking second and a third. Yeah. Um, so definitely don't sell low like that.
2: Sorry, he just put through he just posted another trade in our console Wars chat. Well, um I don't think it happened. I think it was an offer from last year, but it was Sony Michelle, Curtis Samuel and a 2021 second round pick for James Rob and Kiki Kut- uh Kuti.
0: I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Hmm. That's an interesting trade from a while back. It is, yeah. I want the James Robinson side. Yeah. But before this, let's say this happened before this. Yeah, you you probably were taking Sony and Michelle's side because you didn't Mm -hmm. know who James Robinson was. (laughs)
3: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. That's interesting. That is. Yeah.
0: right.
1: So here's the fun part. So, uh, but Ben, he's our commissioner from Console Wars. He had a couple questions for us. The one he wanted us to do, which actually took a little bit of homework for us, but we're smart and diligent and we did our best. He wanted us to do a combined rankings of the 20, 2020 uh, rookie running backs and the twenty twenty one rookie running backs, and see what we came up with. So, I asked you guys to send me your rankings. I had my rankings. I combined them, did some quick math, and this is what we came up with. So you're just skipping over who who would win in a fight?
0: Because <laughs> I'm pretty oh, I'm pretty sure Bet you didn't see that. No, no ben I asked, didn't. he said. Wait, what? He said. Ben oh my god y'all missed that he he. first of all he put this one and then he wrote two more tweets he said also oh, okay. who would win in a fight out of the three of you who's the best looking like he just started rolling off like oh. man,
1: shit. <laughs> I so, saw the best looking one he's like who's best looking Josh ability I was like huh?
0: <laughs> no nah, he, he no nah, he definitely left you out bro your boyish good looks. I know man. I was like what the hell
3: man
1: sure? this
3: um, <laughs> like seriously
0: <laughs> um also, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Josh will like bite your ear or something. So he'd probably he'd probably whoop our ass. I don't know. Yeah, I mean,
2: I,
1: it, it depends how much I've drunk. So.
0: <laughs>
3: yeah. I'm a clean yeah,
2: fighter know. unless I'm really drunk.
0: Then <laughs> all bets are off. There you yeah.
1: go. Yeah, I don't want no parts of Josh. I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm five eight one forty. Like I don't.
0: <laughs> I can't wait! I can't wait to have Ben on this show, dude. Yeah. Uh, it's funny, though. I've never heard him speak. So I, I honestly, like, I feel like we might need subtitles when he comes on.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yo, I, was talking it's to Australia. Somebody, I was talking to somebody in
0: one of my leagues about coming on. He's like,
2: no. He's like, I don't want to hear my voice. I'm like, okay. That's hilarious.
0: <laughs> it's, it's always way, let me tell you, it's always way better than you think it is. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: Okay. It's not bad. Mm-hmm. So anyways, yeah. Uh, best looking, I'm going to go with Josh. Best fighter, probably Josh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Josh
1: wins it all. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, let's
0: move yeah.
1: on here. All right. So this is our rankings. We'll go from uh, 10 on up just, you know, for suspense, I guess. Um, At number 10, we had come up with Chuba Hubbard. Uh, He did not make my top 10, but he made both of your guys' 10 spot. And so that's why he has the 10 spot. I don't hate it. And uh, who'd you have in your 10 spot? I had Javante Williams. Okay. So I I like him more as a prospect than Chuba Hubbard. Maybe I'm just a little soured on him after last year. Um, No, we had Anthony Carente on here, uh, the Dynasty Drive. And he was still pretty high on Chuba too, so I don't hate it. It's a 10 spot, so it's all right. At nine, we had Antonio Gibson. Also, don't hate it. I probably had him ranked lower than you guys did. Yeah. uh, Um, Oh, no, I had him in my 10 spot. Williams. Was, I actually,
0: uh, yeah, I had him in the eight. ninth spot. That's right where I had him. I, I like Gibson a lot. I'm just not sold on. It's really, I guess it's a situation. I'm not sold on man.
1: Cause he's a good player. I'm just not sold on the situation. Yeah, he is a good player and he, but he is playing for the Washington football team. One of the things I mentioned on here over and over again, I know this is how I feel about it because he was the third option on that team when they drafted him before guys got kicked off the team You know, all this uh, Adrian Peterson left, so on and so forth. Like Antonio Gibson was not the original answer, right? That's not who they wanted him to be. He just kind of failed into it. So I still don't trust it. And that, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm I'm fine with that. So at eight, we have James Robinson. Uh, James Robinson did not make Josh's top 10. That's wild, Josh.
2: Know, Explain but, yourself, I mean, sir. like I told you, a it's the fact he's an undrafted rookie, and one season to me doesn't prove it. And I told you guys he'd be my number eleven if we were doing a top fifteen. But
0: to me, he just did not crack the top ten when we're factoring in past rookies and incoming rookies. And I think you also said that you you expect or think that Jacksonville might bring somebody in, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think even if they bring somebody in, he still gets the uh, he still gets the starting role. I, I was trying to find anything I could to, to puff up James Robinson really. And, you know, I was looking at what is uh urban Meyer saying about him or what are they, you know, and what, all I really found was that James Robinson had a conversation with him and they're both very excited to, to start working together. So, you know, I mean, that's, that's definitely good news that they've had contact and all that. Maybe that'll help, you know, his, him getting the majority of the work there. But, uh, but yeah, that, that's my feeling on it. I had him a lot higher. I think I had him at 5th. Uh,
2: like I said, if we were strictly doing t- last year rookies it would be different, but con- <clears throat> since we're combining the rookies, to me there were three or four incoming rookies that took up t- uh spots on the top 10, so
1: okay. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't really disagree with, you know, either train of thought. Like the thing is like here's what I'm really worried about is that I'm putting on blinders over all the facts, right? Historical evidence about what the possibility of James Robinson actually being a success moving forward is, and it's really not that good. But the production was just so damn good, and they looked the part. So, like, I don't know. It's like, am I ignoring all the evidence just to like?
0: You nailed it. You're right. You know what we I mean? Are. We are. We're ignoring the evidence because we like the player. We shouldn't be doing that. So yeah, we should definitely be cautious.
1: But to hell with it. I'm gonna roll on. I love James Robinson. So. <laughs> Forget your numbers. No. <laughs> all right. So we have at seven is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Um, it's a fall from grace. That is a fall from grace. And I'm actually happy for us to see it because one, I'm, he was overdrafted based on when he got drafted and where he got drafted. Yep. We've talked about this before. If you didn't go to KC, it's a whole different story. And he, he was fine. He played fine. But they brought in Le'Veon Bell. That tells you all you need to know. Like they don't, they don't trust him to be the guy that, everyone is really scrambling and hoping to be, they're like, Hey man, he's definitely, you know, the one one running back now that he's in KC. And that's just not the fact, like if that's not who he was on film, he was good, but he wasn't that workhorse running back. Good. Like,
0: I, I, uh, it's funny. I talked about this, I think in, in another episode for sure, where we read the landing spot the wrong way, I think. I don't think it's as good a landing spot for like a workhorse running back as we think. They don't run the ball like that, and maybe it'll ch- maybe that'll change going forward. But I don't think it will. I mean, the only reason they didn't have success in the Super Bowl was because their team was banged up. Like you know, I think it would have been a lot closer if they weren't so banged up. So, um, I'm not sure that that they're going to be handing the ball to Ch 15 plus times a game, or even throwing it to him, you know, five times a game or whatever. Like I don't think that's going to happen. Um, so I, I think the landing spot strangely to the best team in the league might not be that great
1: absolutely everyone was pretty excited about his pass catching ability to like oh you know you get to check but how often does Mahomes actually check down he doesn't he doesn't doesn't, you know what I mean so
0: yeah and if he's doing Travis Kelsey
3: (laughs) or Tyreek Hill
1: yeah yeah hitting him in the face (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, so that was seven at six. We have Acres, which I think is actually a really good spot for him personally on this list. Um, Akers, I was a little lower on just because of where he went. Yeah, Daryl Henderson. You saw Malcolm Brown. You know, whatever. Like anytime there's like a soupy running back committee thing, you're kind of like you want to knock a guy, but you saw towards the end of the season his usage, and they obviously they have no problems handing him handing him the ball twenty times a game. So uh, he moved. Right up that depth chart real quick. And I think he'll be a top, you know, 15 running back for the next three years. So
0: Ooh, I like that. Top fifteen running that's pretty good. Um yeah, yeah. I was I was a little bit lower on acres than you guys. Um, mainly it's like you said, it's that murky situation in the backfield there. But honestly, with Stafford coming in and and just things changing up a little bit, it might it might get better for him. Um and we did see him at the end of the year. I mean, he had yeah, some gonna, great games.
2: I was gonna say I think we saw them actually pass the torch almost. From Henderson to him, so not that I yeah I don't kind really of felt like, like that yeah Henderson to be a long term option, but you
1: know um, I don't see them I don't see them drafting another running back this year. So
0: yeah, I mean towards the end of the year, wow, I didn't really even realize this. So one, two, three, four, five, six. So I mean, four of the last six games he had over twenty rushing attempts, um, and he also had I mean in those games there was. It looks like three-plus um, targets. So that's a lot of touches. That's a lot of work. Uh, There's a couple in there. I mean, the only other ones were 15 and 18 carries. So, yeah, I mean, that's really promising for him. Um, if they if they do get rid of a Malcolm Brown or something like that and then go with, like, you know, Henderson and him or whatever it may be, like, that would be I – w- I would love that. And um, I think he's sitting in the right spot right there at, uh, at six.
1: Okay, so at five we have Etienne our first, uh, 2021 rookie. Uh, I think that's a great spot. Um, he'd be like my second ranked running back behind Najee. So I, I have no problems with that. I think I would put him above acres, uh, you know, based on age, uh, alone. I mean, right. It's just, it's one more mm-hmm. year and then running back years. That's a million years. So <laughs> I mean, I like it. I would just,
2: I personally would swap him and the next one we're about to say, but that's just my personal preference
0: okay okay well um for travis Etienne, i i just think um whoops sorry i just think he's a a little bit better pass catcher than cam Akers, which translates a little bit better for fantasy um and also like you said a little bit younger which is nice he's a little bit bigger too he's not much but he's slightly slightly a little bit more stout than cam Akers is so just everything kind of like leans in the direction of Etienne. All we need is a good landing spot for him, right? Because we're already, we're not, we're not super sure on acres because of his landing spot. And that's mm-hmm. about it. That's about yeah. it. So if we get Etienne in a nice place, I mean, we're, you know, it's it, we're rolling for sure.
1: Absolutely. That's great. Yes. That's exactly how I see it. All right. At four, we have come up with Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins. Love that guy. On this very podcast, Dynasty Underdog. I told you guys sometime early December to go get him because his uh, fantasy points per touch or something I care about. Maybe some other people who are smarter than me don't care about, but it shows you're actually doing shit when you're getting a chance, and he was getting a lot of chances, but then, again, later on in the year, he did a lot with those chances. Not a lot of catches, but the, the dude's a, a stud in a team that wants to run the ball a lot, so I think it's going to be him and uh, Gus the Bus by themselves. Ingram will probably be gone, so wheels up on Dobbins in my opinion.
2: I mean, I had Dobbins in one of my two redrafts, and I sold him. I think week twelve or thirteen. I got Gibson and some some other pieces. So I mean, I'm not that upset with it, upset with the trade. But like Dobbins was not producing for me early in the season. I was, I think I talked about it on EGP. I was just very, very frustrated with him.
0: Yeah, and like we we're just talking about Acres, who kind of came on towards the end of the season and got that that heavy workload. And Dobbins, not once this year, took more than. 15 carries. The most he ever had was 15 carries in a game. So, and and one game or two games over 100 yards and it, not necessarily his fault. I mean, it, the the reason I was lower on Dobbins than some of these other guys was and not not back then right now is it's clearly the situation is it's not great. I mean, we thought it was great for running backs because they're such a run heavy team, but it's not because Lamar Jackson uses his legs and it's you know instead of giving it to Dobbins, they're just going to run it with with him, or or he's going to pass the ball to somebody else. It's not going to be Dobbins most of the time. These running quarterbacks don't need to lean on their uh, safety nets as much, so it's tough. I, I I'm just I'm still I guess thinking the cream will rise to the top really because I think he is that good. Every time he gets the ball, he's electric. Uh, Mark Ingram should be out of there. A lot more opportunity for him. So you know hopefully he hopefully next year he's he's seeing twenty plus touches a game. Yeah including the receptions you know i would 15 carries and and you know five targets a game or something would be would be nice um hopefully you can get that because this year two games with two uh, i'm sorry uh yeah two games with four targets or more everything else was like two or one so it's not what you want to see.
1: yeah that's not enough he, he's he got really good hands so hopefully they can figure out how to use them
0: he's got nice hands
1: he's got real nice hands yeah. <laughs> so he's four on our list which is which is fine with me so all right, here's the next uh, 2021 rookie running back, and that's Najee Harris. Love the man, Najee Harris. There's so many landing spots out there that I would think that he would just absolutely destroy in. And
3: yes,
1: <laughs> the Dolphins, uh, Pittsburgh, oh, God. Uh, San Pittsburgh. Francisco. I, I mean, there's just Yo, he's that, really, that's really the best good.
0: one you said. If you sent Harris to <clears throat> San Francisco. That is wheels up. Give me that man. Like right now, dude, that is, that would be sweet, but yeah, Harris is great. I, I like him a lot. The reason I have, um, I mean, the reason I think he, he comes in over Dobbins here, I actually didn't have him over Dobbins in my rankings, but the reason I think he comes in over Dobbins here is the reason we just talked about just, just, you know, it's not a great situation for Dobbins from a fantasy perspective, Harris, he could end up in a workhorse role where he's getting the ball one, two, three downs. It doesn't matter right yeah. and catching passes
2: and he can handle
1: it yeah so the boy the boy is a big big man so
2: uh, i mean i on I honestly had him ranked number two and you guys started were giving me flack for and but i honestly think he has a possibility to overtake who are
1: number two
0: wow let's
3: yeah, move let's right just, to it then
0: yes
1: so our number two is jonathan taylor which i'm really mad about because he should be number one but josh is so low on him but that's that's fine that's why we did this so Jonathan Taylor uh always be running back one for me uh last year he started slow again he's a little bit injured did it practice no yeah he had to uh play with Marlon Mack that first week uh for some reason there they decided Naeem Hines is going to be a thing so he had to split a lot of work with that guy who, who is really good and electric with the ball in his hands out you know no slide at Hines but Jonathan Taylor's that dude man he's He's the complete back. Um, he is my running back one, but he's our running back two.
0: He was also my running back one. Um, I'll I'll give the floor over to Josh in a second here to explain why he was so low on him because for him to go I'm number two both of us. Those...
2: He was ranked number three for me. I mean, okay. I mean I had him ranked number ten. I had him
0: I literally had I think Taylor <laughs> and Mira swapped. Super low, dude. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean Taylor he he is the the full package this you know the only thing that that I guess held him back was was Naheem Hines like uh like like Uriah said so he should be handling every down next year passes everything so um I'm excited for him why were you lower on him I mean I would just lower on him because I have not I think Najee Harris
2: is going to do better than he is but okay I mean that's my biggest argument right there fair enough (laughs) I, I Taylor's a good running back don't get me wrong I just Think Najee's more of the total package, and we'll end up producing more. So,
1: okay. And to get to our number one, which is pretty sweet, we have. a
2: uh, wait, you Swift. can't lead right into
1: it. You got to give a little suspense there. Like- oh, should I go? Yeah. So there's a drum roll. <laughs> so, DeAndre Swift. Uh, he he's he's really good. He's my number two ranked running back out of this list. He he's in Detroit, which kind of sucks, you know. So I guess. You know, it's really not his fault, I guess, but the cream will rice to the top. <laughs> I mean, sure, he's in Detroit. What are you going to do? Uh,
0: you know, I think that being in Detroit might be okay for him. Uh, they're, so they get in Dan Campbell over there as their quarterback, who we know is, you know, defense and I'll bite and, your kneecap. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, run the ball every, every drive right in your face. Like he doesn't give a fuck. So I honestly, no, I, I do think having golf coming over there for the first year and not, you know, I, I think that we're going to see the Kenny Galladay is not signed there. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff, a lot of things in the passing game changing, um, which is going to really have the team leaning on Deandre Swift next year. I, I think we're going to see that. And I think that we saw that he can handle the workload last year when he was given it. Um, and it's going to be, it's yeah. going to be, it's going to do really good things for his fantasy value. Yeah. Um, and production. So it's really like where it's a weird, it's kind of like opposite of the CEH, right? Where a quote unquote bad landing spot, it's kind of a good situation for fantasy because he's going to end up being like the workhorse there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I think he's going to have more productivity
2: with Jared Goff than he would have under Stafford. So.
1: Maybe. Yeah. That's a possibility. Yeah. yeah. I didn't really think about that too. Uh, Goff has proven that he likes to check down to the court uh, running backs. Like he did with Gurley. And, I mean, I don't know – none of us know exactly what that system's going to look like, but we do know what Goff's tendencies are. I mean, we are, could
2: so. – I, I don't happen to have the film in front of me, but we could just look back at when Campbell was the interim coach for in the Dolphins.
0: Man, there you go. <laughs> see what he did there. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I remember the team played a lot better under him, so yeah. that's all I remember. But uh, – I mean, honestly, I don't – I could see them drafting a tight end very high. He well, he is next tight end. I mean, maybe I don't know how high they need to. They got Gasicki there. They have they have a couple backups that are pretty. No, no, decent. I'm talking about
2: Detroit,
3: not Miami.
0: Oh, Detroit. Sorry, I'm yeah, thinking fucking.
3: They have Hawkinson. I mean, yeah, they
0: have Hawkinson too. I don't know. I don't think they need to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Swift is is you know one of these guys who honestly he's almost just as good at catching the ball as he is running the ball, which you can't say for all of these guys except maybe Dobbins. Yeah. You know, so um, it's like if Dobbins was in a better situation. It's kind of how I feel about it.
1: I like yeah. it. So just a quick rundown, uh, one, we have Swift, two, Taylor, three, Harris, four, Dobbins, five, Etienne, six, Acres, seven, CEH, eight, J, Rob, nine, Gibson, and ten, Chiba, Hubbard. There you go, Ben. Roast us. Let us know what you think. Suck on that,
0: Ben.
2: (laughs) As I mentioned to you guys earlier off, off mic, I definitely think we should see these
0: rankings and revisit them at the end of next season. Oh, we, we will absolutely save these rankings. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. This is not going anywhere.
0: Um, all right, real quick. I do want to hit on this last question. I'm pretty sure it was from Ben also, but he he asked for our latest best favorite novel book, whatever. Um, Uriah, take it, please.
1: <laughs> so I'm, I'm in the middle of it, so I don't know how it ends, but uh, the book is called Station Eleven. It's by Emily St. John Mandel and it's, it's, it's really good. Like you get kind of lost in it. It's a, uh, it's totally made up but it's about like a traveling uh a traveling theater basically they call it like a caravan and it's a post-apocalyptic world it's crazy it starts out is like, it like you know, sci-fi like a pandemic no i mean just kind just of but it's kind of realistic yeah. right yeah it's just fiction so there's like a pandemic mm-hmm. that hits and it kills a bunch of people and then there's like some that are survivors and they travel from like small town to small town and they they put on shows like othello and oh wow other That's shit like that and one of the main characters, like, she, uh, pre-pandemic, they go back and forth, like, these people's lives. And she actually is, the book's called Station Eleven, and she's working on a graphic novel, like a comic book, called Station Eleven. Anyways, it's really good, and uh, it's easy to read. Oh, I so. fuck with
0: that. That's a really interesting uh, concept. Yeah, yeah, it's cool.
1: It's 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 kind of crazy because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> and it starts out talking about a fucking <laughs> pandemic, and, like, this is written, like, four years ago. I was like, oh, Damn, shit. that's so <laughs> wild.
0: What the hell? yeah um good. that's great I, I actually might check that out i'm i'm reading the summary of it right now it actually sounds really good yeah i'm i'm a big sci-fi fan and that kind of sound like up that alley anyway um but yeah so the the book i like the book i have um it's actually a three-part series but i will i will definitely plug the first of the three it's called the three body problem by sishi and Liu. uh it's this this is like um I believe it's China. Yeah, it's China's, like, their their most beloved writer, especially science fiction writer. He won, the, the book won their award over there. I forgot what it was. But um, sci-fi, like I said, it's really about, um, it's mainly about aliens and, and like, humans' contact with aliens, but not, like... <laughs> Not like little green guys and flying on saucers. It's 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 really different. It, it has a, it's a lot more about like um, how if we if humans were to find out that other life forms exist, like the the blowback and the reaction and what would happen from that. Just the knowledge of it, not actually even contact, really it makes you think a lot about life dude it's one of the best books I've ever read honestly in my life um and I highly recommend it I highly recommend it to anybody it's it's really that good
2: nice definitely check that one out yeah definitely do so and I'm gonna say 1984 by George Orwell
0: that's probably one of my favorite novels I love that that's a good one
1: that's like highbrow good for you man that's awesome (laughs) yeah 1984 is a really good novel uh
2: I don't really think that, that one needs so uh, much of a summary. I think most people have read it. or I think, yeah, most people have Absolutely,
0: but go check that out. If you haven't read it, you definitely go check that out. Um, and also, shout out to Amazon. They're having a get three books for the price of two <laughs> deal right now. So There you go. Also, the only other thing I will mention about Three Body Problem, I don't know if you've ever heard of um, hard sci-fi, they call it. And what that is, is sci-fi based in real science. Okay, so the other cool thing about this book, is that it's all like obviously deals with like outer space and and space travel so sishian lu is a in his previous life he was an engineer and he and like um amongst other things so he like knows about physics about all these things like so like so in detail that he's explaining to you the real like the real science behind it in the book behind like the fiction story it's it's just unbelievable like the, the way he does it i literally came out of it feeling like smarter way smarter than i was before <laughs> <laughs> probably i'm probably not but i felt like it so. <laughs> <laughs> but uh with that awesome awesome thank you everybody for
2: giving us a listen make sure you follow us on twitter at dynasty underdog at just uriah ff at any given pod at Willie really dff and at josh Goldberg agp <laughs>